Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, unfilled life. I've brought back Ryan Thomas as a guest, and we recorded a Facebook Live discussing the backlash from the Me Too campaign and how that's affecting men in general, how it's affecting how we as women are showing up, and of course, what we can do about it. So enjoy this episode. I have Ryan Thomas with me live here this time. So let me start this over again and um, and just kind of preface this that this Facebook Live has come about as a result of the post that I did this morning, which inspired Ryan to create an amazing post. And, and you know, my post was looking at the idea of, the, have we gone too far? Have we taken this whole power, you know, us as women, taken this power to be believed, which is awesome that we have, but have we taken it too far? Have we taken it to the point where now it's being used, you know, inappropriately, you know, and, and people are lashing out. And so now we have this situation where men are afraid. And I, I think justifiably so that men are kind of afraid. And then, Ryan, you posted an amazing, beautiful post that um, seriously made me cry because you're oh. being so vulnerable with it. And I just I just gave you the headline. It was that that you are angry because you're afraid. And so just give a little highlight on that post because it was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, I made someone cry. That was In a goal. good way. Good cry. <laughs> good tears. Like, that's my feminine, right? Like, I can just have a good cry. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I actually uh, I actually did a little bit my myself. It sounds so weird to say that. It's like, I made myself cry. It sounds weird <laughs> saying that. But uh, I... I I did in the sense because I was I was just I was feeling a lot of uh, of fear and I was saying a lot of stuff that I hadn't actually put into words yet. Um, yeah, essentially, I'm I'm just a, I'm angry both at society first of all for I mean all the things that you see in the Me Too campaign of how a lot of women have been treated. Um, I dated a woman uh, who went through a pretty horrific situation in university and that just made my blood boil. Um, so there's the anger towards society and, and situations that women have gone through. And then also I'm just angry because I've noticed that a conversation has started to shift towards how men are bad and men are horrible and dangerous and, uh, sex is, there is some conversations in some feminist communities where sex is qualified as rape. Um, just even, even consensual sex is just rape. And uh, hearing things like this um, and hearing those conversations start to get louder and louder and louder, it starts to make me scared because it feels as though me as a man and everything that I stand for as, as a man is, is um, it's, well, it's, it's under, it's under scrutiny, but it also feels like it's under attack. I think under scrutiny is fine because it, it like, that's going to help us grow, but. But the under attack is what I yeah. think has gone too far. Like, yes, we need scrutiny. And, and I think what we need is scrutiny on both sides. Um, you know, somebody commented on my post and saying, you know, really what's, what people need. One of the things that we need is just to be having bold conversations, talk about our expectations. You know, the situation that I posted about was basically, um, 
you know, when the woman, she had had all these expectations of she's going to, you know, get together with this wonderful big star and she was going to have a date and it was going to be lovely and romantic. And meanwhile, he was thinking it was just going to be a hookup. And so he was acting from the place of it was going to be a hookup and he didn't physically pressure her, but he asked several times and like what man doesn't. You know, <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest. The number, if I didn't ask twice, <laughs> um, the number of dates I would have had, um, sexual partners, um, girlfriends definitely would have gone down significantly. Right. So um, to ask a couple times doesn't necessarily mean that you're being pushy. It just means, Okay, well, and then no, and then I, what I've learned is that when a woman says no, it just means not yet. Sometimes it's a straight up no, and it's like, okay, yeah, I felt that. That's yeah. a, that's a straight up no. Okay, take care. Right. Um, but then a lot of times it's more like a no, not really feeling it right now. Um, right. And yeah. and that's where it's like we need to be having these these clearer conversations and saying, you know, when you're getting when you're going being going out on that date. It's like, is this a date? Is this a hookup? What is it that you're looking to get out of this? What am I looking to get out of this? Having that bolder conversation that is actually clear so that both parties can come to the table instead of, you know, a lot of women default back to, oh, I, you know, I shouldn't ask for that. Oh, I need to say no. And, and it's just not necessarily attractive. And yet it's a pattern that we get into this idea of that that's what being feminine is is by is holding back you know, yeah women. yeah well i mean women are, are raised in you know to not cause waves you know men are raised to be well i mean and i think you know especially when testosterone kicks in we like the roughhouse and uh, there's that competition and conflict is sort of a part of growing up as a guy um whereas with women conflict isn't seen as ladylike. You're not supposed to be arguing. You're not supposed to be doing those sorts of things. So mm -hmm. in a lot of ways for women, it, it's been, it can be really hard to say no because there's a fear of, of conflict. Um, there's a fear that someone's bigger. Um, there's, there's a fear that, yeah, there's, it, there's so many gray zones in this entire discussion and that's and, and that, I guess that's another reason why I was starting to get upset because I felt that a lot of the gray the grayness of the conversations was being put into cut and dry black and white this is exactly how it is this is exactly how men are this is exactly how women are and men are the problem and as soon as we start doing that we lose a lot of compassion for one another. We lose compassion for the other. And we also lose a lot of compassion for ourselves because we don't recognize our own humanity and how we're contributing into, into the situations that we find ourselves in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that piece where like, you know, I love that idea. So we need to come back to our humanity and, you know, be to be actually engaging and looking at the other person to be like seeing past what is on the surface. Um, so, you know, I kind of want to move into a little bit of, of tools because like we can intellectualize all of this. And I think this is part of the problem mm -hmm. of what's been going on. You know, the, the me too campaign raised a lot of awareness. It was great for awareness, but what did it do for healing? Not necessarily a whole lot in my mindset. I think it, you know, stirred a lot of, of things up, 
maybe it, you know, created some change. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But to just intellectualize all of this and not say, well, what do we do about it? So if we start talking about what do people do about it? So like, let's come at it from the male perspective. So what is it that men can do to start engaging differently with women? And and we'll just talk heterosexual relationships, just, you know, just translate it. If you are same sex, it doesn't, it's all the same, you know, same stuff, same dynamics, just same sex instead of opposite sex. So I just want to put that out there that <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, it's all good. Yeah. Um, I operate from that men from that mentality anyway. So that, that works for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the, uh, the, the me too campaign was, uh, was um, like amazing. And I, I think for healing, you know, we need to start having those conversations first. Um, in a lot of ways, confession is, uh, in the, in the, in the Catholic sense, you know, you go to, you go to church and you confess your sins and, just the act of doing so can release a lot of that pressure. It's not bottled up inside of you. You set it out loud and then it loses a lot of that power. So I think that the Me Too campaign gave a lot of ways, uh, a lot of opportunities for people to release the stuff that's been bottling up inside of them. Say, hey, this thing freaking happened to me too and I'm angry. Um, mm -hmm. So what it is that we can do. So I guess for, for men, for me, um, I guess what I did uh, in the past was I, I embraced my, my anger. Um, and I embraced my hatred. Like, to be honest, I, I actually used to hate women. Um, it's not something that I am super proud of, but, um, I used to. And, yeah. and then because of that, <laughs> I got, I found myself in unhealthy relationships and then those women would hurt me because they were unhealthy relationships. And then that just fed into it that, oh, women are terrible. And then I'd be angry and I'd treat women poorly. And then the women that I attracted liked guys that treated them poorly, you know? And <laughs> People then, like me back then, yeah. yeah exactly. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, that, okay. And then they treat me poorly back. And then, yeah, it's just this vicious cycle. So yeah. I, in order, and then, and then working in the military for as long as I did, um, you're in this more of a, pardon me, more of a men's culture. And I'd see a lot of um, situations of divorces and things like that. And stories of guys that would come back from overseas and their wives had left them and they lost, lost everything. So it's, you see that sort of thing that just feels this fire of hatred and, and anger. And I see that um, yeah, right now towards men. So I, I understand that, that anger, what made a difference for me was when I started recognizing that I was the only common denominator in all of the relationships that I had. Um, I recognize, well, my mom is a woman. She's pretty awesome. So then, so not all women. Okay. That doesn't, okay. So the jury's out on that one then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, my friends are women. They're pretty awesome. They wouldn't treat me like that. Okay. Well, well, that woman that, that I dated, she was actually really awesome and I was just a dick to her. So I, well, I lost, I screwed that one up. Damn it. Okay. So, okay. Well, I guess I'm the only common denominator here. And that was the hardest thing for me to realize. And once, but once I realized that I was the one, I was the only common theme. Once I realized that I was able to heal my anger and my hatred and my fears, um, and start recognizing and focusing on all the positive things that I liked about women. Um, so it really was just a, a, a shift in perspective and a shift in focus. But if I didn't do well, that, that was, 
It sounds too like you decided to look inward and you decided to question your beliefs. 100%. So you've been, yeah, you were walking around with a certain belief. I hate women. Women are awful and women treat me bad. And then you decided to wait a minute. Is that actually true? Yeah, well, in, in some ways, um, kind of like the lighting here, the darkness and then the light, right? <laughs> there were women that treated me like crap, but yes. I didn't notice all the women that were, all the good women that were around me treating me well, treating me with respect and not hurting me. I, I didn't, I chose, and I didn't realize it was a choice at the time, but I chose not to see them. Mm-hmm. I only chose to see the ones that hurt me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I've, yeah, so I, I had to make that, that shift. But the only way that I could, it was, it was a weird battle. Like I had to intellectualize it first and say, women are bad, brutal, blah, blah, blah. And I'd have to say to myself, oh, you know, I just caught myself saying that. Okay, well, where have I been treated well? And then I'd have to think specifically and put in an effort to find the women that had treated me well. And then it was a slow process as well as healing myself for why I had so much anger and, and frustration and, and hatred. So. Yeah. And, and so I, you know, I'm guessing that you did that on your own. You didn't yeah. work with anybody. Okay. So, you know, we both know that if you work with somebody, that process can go a lot faster. Oh God. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> right? God, yeah. It was like five years I was doing right? this. It was like five yeah. years. And then finally I went for some, uh, I went, it was, it was group therapy and, uh, and I, there were these exercises to actually feel into the anger and feel the hatred. And there was a, something called a dyad and we'd get into um, and feel. So women would line up and then the men lined up mm-hmm. and then we yelled at each other, all the things that we hated about each other. Like, why are you so manipulative? Why are you blah, blah, blah. Like just, and really felt it. And, yeah. uh, and then there was an exercise where there were guys holding one guy back and then women holding a woman back. And then those two individuals just, screamed bloody murder at each other and just the anger of all men coming towards all the anger of all women and all women coming towards the man. And, uh, it was, it was, it was an unbelievable exercise. Um, like I, I, I was literally shaking. Um, and so was she, uh, and it was only 30 seconds. We did it for 30 seconds. And afterwards, we we had an amazing hug <laughs> and there was something that clicked for me was an integration of that anger that um it's really hard to explain but i i it let it it sounds like it gave you permission to release the anger in a space where you weren't going to, it was like, it was okay to be angry and you knew there was a time limit. It wasn't going to be forever. It wasn't going to, you know, it wasn't going to go bad because somebody else was containing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a power in that when somebody is actually holding that space for you to say, okay, let's, let's have this out, feel what it feels like, honor it and then release it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very Instead powerful. Of, very powerful. Yeah. yeah. 
like that, that, and, and that's, you know, kudos to the person that, that, that held that space because that's an intense experience to take people through and could go bad if it's not, you know, not done with somebody that's very experienced. So don't yeah. try this at home on your own. <laughs> Please don't do this with your partner without guidance. Okay. This is definitely not disclaimer. Please don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, because like then we just you know find out somebody got killed, you know, like that's just wrong. <laughs> oh my god! Don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. Here, here's the yeah, here's the legal disclaimer. Um, so, you know, for for other people, like one of the other things that I've been really digging into is is really releasing the judgments that we have on our like first of all on ourselves. And, and I found that the more that I was able to kind of like dig in on the layers of how much I judged myself and my sexuality, then the more I was able to open up to men. And I have a similar background in that, that I had a lot of years where I hated men, but I wanted to be with men. So I was with men and I was nasty to them. And I, and then I picked men who were abusive because I believed that men were abusive. And so I picked assholes basically um it really wasn't pretty so uh you know like in hindsight you're like oh my god that was really just a big train wreck so you know thank god i figured that out and i do have a very supportive loving partner now um so i do want to hold that out too for people that it's possible to heal it so even if you're in a situation where you've been attracting crappy partners it is absolutely possible to change it but the change comes here first. And you've said that too. It's like you changed what your thought patterns were. You changed and that changed how you felt about women. And so then you could attract different partners. Well, there's also a, um, I mean, first of all, there's so many different layers to that. Mm. I mean, on the one, on the one side, you know, if you want to go secrety, you know, uh, what the feel, what you feel, like what you put out is what you're going to get when it comes mm -hmm. to feeling. Um, yes. And plus, I mean, if you go into your room and you, and you meet people, you're just going to pick up on their vibe. You, we do that. We're social creatures. Absolutely. We pick up on people's vibes. It's our intuition. It's our instant thoughts or, or as well as our own projections onto people. We just pick up on people's vibe. So yeah. if you've got this vibe of anger or, or disdain or whatever, you're going to be projecting that. Even if you don't fully recognize it yourself, you are going to be coming from that place um, and if you're coming from a place of love, compassion and, uh, authenticity, and then you're going to be projecting that and people are going to pick up on that. So you're going to naturally start to attract different kinds of people simply because you're from, you're coming from a different place. Um, so there's that component. And then there's also the mental aspect of it where we can train our brains to recognize different signals. Um, and I totally just lost my train of thought of where I was going with that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's very interesting. So we can train our brain. So we, we're training our brain to pick up the signals of other people. Well, that... well here. Well, yeah. For, for example, so there's just a vibe. Um, let's say a dog trainer. If you've got someone who's afraid of dogs on one hand, and then you've got a dog trainer on the other hand, they're going to look at a large dog very, very differently just with snap judgments. Right. Right. Just based on their belief systems and their awareness. Absolutely. So 
that's what I mean by you can train your brain and you can train your belief systems and you can train how you, you can train your filter for the world. So yes, if you naturally believe that men are bad or, or, or brutal, you know, like you did, your filter is you're only really going to notice those men. Yes. And then you're going to bring those in. Plus you're going to pick up on their vibe because you're putting out that vibe. And then it's just a, a whole onslaught of chaos and, pain and sadness <laughs> <laughs> yes and let's not relive that let's not, yeah, let's let's not, not do that let's not go there let's not go there that was yeah, yeah. and so there's you know, that belief system so you can change your belief system and start to yeah. recognize the better people as well as coming from the different place in your heart as well that you'll naturally start to attract people so there's sort Absolutely. of a couple things going on there a couple things yeah and and i love that it's a it's a multifaceted situation you know it's not just one thing or another you know we we need to change our beliefs which requires us to get honest with what's going on and and then you know for me i i really have a strong component of believing that we we also need to clear out this energetic residue of you know past hurts and past traumas and you know it's like these um imprints and programs that get stuck in our system and and that makes it easier to adopt new beliefs so we're more open and more receptive to a different wavelength that's coming in there's this uh it's a zen it's a zen proverb i believe and i can't remember the specific details of it but essentially there was a student that was causing the teacher some problems and so the student and eventually the student asked for a cup of water and, and held out his cup and the teacher came over and started pouring up the cup with water and the teacher let the water fill up up until the top until it started overflowing and it was overflowing and overflowing until the student said uh master or teacher my my cup is already full like you can stop pouring my cup is already full and then the teacher said exactly how can i teach you anything if you already know everything <laughs> if your cup is already full how can i fill it up yes and uh it was a yeah so there's yeah clean out the yeah. residue clean, yeah make some space for something new um yeah and it's uh, for me it's made a world of difference like the more that i've made space and gotten rid of all of the old useless baggage um, the easier it's been to bring in and attract what what I do want, what does work for me, have some more ease with who I am, uh, stop judging the crap out of me. And then if I'm not judging me so harshly, then I'm I'm less likely to judge others, including the opposite sex. Yeah, I mean, the way that I see it as well is that, uh, you know, we always treat other people better than we treat ourselves, generally speaking. So if you run into someone who's being very judgmental or hurtful towards someone else, I would hate to be to see what's inside their brain. Oh God. I would hate to be in them and looking in the mirror. I would just, Oh, I feel yeah. sorry for them. I, I feel yeah. compassion for that. But I also, you know, in a lot of ways you have to hear, hear them out too. But. Yeah. And, and I love that you brought up the compassion piece because I think that's another aspect of what's going on. Um, is for us to have compassion for other people and and recognize that you know those that hurt others have been hurt i mean they've they've proven that sexual predators have been sexually abused 
This is, you know, it's not to condone their behavior. It's not to excuse their behavior, but it's to have a little bit of compassion instead of moving straight to anger and um, hatred and fear and all of those things that just don't help you at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, in order to truly have compassion for someone else, I think it's important to be able to have compassion for ourselves first. I mean, if I don't understand anger or sadness or insecurity, or uh, if I don't understand those things in myself, how can I show compassion for someone else? How can I give them the support that they need? How can I give them the freedom to be a human being um, if I can't even recognize my own humanity? Uh, yeah. And that's that's where that really comes from for compassion. So the only true way that you can show compassion is you exude compassion. You don't give someone compassion, you exude compassion because you can see that person, you can see yourself in that person. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, I think as far as coming back to tools, cause I, I really wanted to give people some, some really, some juicy things to land on here. Yeah, sure. Right. And cause again, like, it's just so easy. You and I can like get into discussing it. And like, so it's so good. So like, as far as a tool for me, I would really invite people to just on the physical level, take a deep breath and to imagine dropping into your heart because that's where your compassion sits. And if you drop into your heart and you allow yourself to just connect with feeling a sense of gratitude or a sense of compassion, and if you need to think of something, you know, whether it's um, puppies and kittens or, you know, so something that's not related to you and get that feeling and then bring that feeling towards you. And to, to make that a daily practice until you can start to then take that feeling and extend it out towards the other person. Now, if you've been doing this work for a while, it's it's a little faster. You can just drop into your heart and to start to feel that sense of gratitude, the sense of forgiveness for you, and then extend that outwards and, and ask, ask the other person to forgive you mentally. You just ask the other person, which is kind of the um, Hawaiian method of the I, probably, I usually oh, say it wrong. Um, Thank you. That. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, some of those Hawaiian words are a little bit of a tongue twister, I tell you. Yeah, well, they've only got like 16 letters in their alphabet. Oh, is that what it is? That's why that's yeah. it's like, wow. So, um, yeah, so the the whole, oh, yeah, that is... Um, <laughs> what you, what you, oh, I'm funny. Yeah. Is, is the, the phrase that you're, that you're dropping into is to first of all say, I love you, but you don't just say it. You don't just go like, I love you. It's, it's to actually like drop into that space of love. Like, I love you. And then moving into the forgiveness and you're asking the other person, I, I'm sorry. And you're, you're asking, it's like, I'm sorry. And then forgive me. Again, like you're dropping into the feeling of it, like to really genuinely ask for forgiveness. And then it's, this is all done. Doesn't have to, the person doesn't have to be in front of you. Right. And the final piece is to say, thank you. And it's allowing that other person to extend the forgiveness back to you, which is healing for you. So whatever you heal of you heals other people. And so there's that whole circle. And a lot of the tools are that kind of deal where healing you heals others. Yeah, absolutely. That like that that mantra, that whole ponopono mantra. I remember the first few times that I started saying that, I felt this huge chill throughout my entire body. I felt it viscerally. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, my God, I want that again. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then I and then I'd find something else and like and then I'd say it. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> it was in a lot, it was it was weirdly orgasmic. It was weirdly orgasmic. And I, I love like, it. Oh, I get it. Oh my god. <laughs> And then I started getting disappointed when I wouldn't get that chill anymore. I was like, damn it. I need to really heal myself. Come on. What you got? Come on, Ryan. Pick up some real heavy shit. I want to forgive you. Um, there, uh, there are a couple other exercises that I, that I found really helped me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, uh, is feeling, first of all, like really feeling that anger. I have mm-hmm. written down all the things that have made me angry, all the things that have pissed me off. Like when I'm really feeling it, like I'll write that stuff out. Um, and then, and then I'll burn it and I'll, and I'll say goodbye to it. Mm. Even though like life is flowing, you know, it's, it's always going to come back. You're always going to have these feelings of anger, but I would write down the things that I was angry about. And even just like tiny bit, bit by bit, by bit, by bit, by bit, burn it away, burn it away, burn it away. And eventually it would, it was gone. Um, but when I give it that energy and I actually look at it, I wouldn't get sucked into it, but I would feel it and recognize what was going on. And then I would write it down and then let it go. And that's very, that's very different from getting taken in by it. Uh, another exercise. Oh yeah. There was this one thing that I did, um, from another teacher of mine. And this was an exercise. We actually had to do this in front of a group, which was really scary. So we had to go in front of the group and we had to experience our anger and we had to show our anger and we had to convince everyone that we were angry. Uh, and then after that, we had to go into, I believe it was, it's either guilt or it's sadness. I believe it's guilt. Um, I believe it's, no, sorry, I think it's sadness actually. So from anger into sadness. Um, and then we had to basically cry in front of everyone Mm. we had to or not necessarily cry but proved everyone that we were truly sad and then from there we went into guilt and then from there we would go into joy and the idea is that the only true way through joy is to release all this pain and all this shit and getting rid of all of this residue um, because we truly are joy and euphoria like that's where our, all this light right uh, and I remember doing that one exercise there, which was incredibly profound. And I remember doing it on my own once, not deliberately. I was just really angry one day. I was like, had these thoughts going through my head. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give into this. So I started feeling angry and angry and angry. And I started going through it all and saying all the thoughts that I had. And I was kind of saying it out loud. And then all of a sudden it hit me and I started bawling my eyes out. I had to go into my room. I grabbed my pillow. I bawled. <laughs> I, it was like, we're talking wailing for probably about 20 minutes. And then I'd feel some guilt come in there, but then it was right back to sadness. And then I started laughing hysterically. And then I started cry laughing and I wasn't sure if I was laughing or crying. I'm like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) I I had no idea what was going on, but uh, it was about 40, 45 minutes later. (laughs) Um, I got rid of a ton, a ton of anger and resentment. And I, I felt, I felt very different and that feeling has lasted of since then. And that was about a nice. year ago. So nice. Yeah. That's another, yeah. another exercise. 
And, and it's great. I mean, there's, there's so many different tools and it's really, I think it's really important for people to, you know, try different things out so that you find what tool really resonates with you, what allows you to fully deeply release it. Um, I've, I've done, you know, it's funny because my journey, like I did that, you know, wailing and screaming and whatnot. And I didn't get a whole lot out of it. I mean, like I played full out, like don't, don't like it was there, but for me that didn't really unlock it. And so Hmm. it's, it's something for everybody. Right. So for me, what what worked for you then? Yeah. So what worked for me was more, was this, this, these energetic tools that I, I tend to work with now where I'm allowing myself to connect with the energy that's underneath it. Because for me, it's like this, this, you know, tethers for all the emotions and all the stuck pieces, they're holding it in place. And so I go in and energetically grab a hold of those and allow myself to release what's tethering it all in. And so it's very light. It's very easy to just, you know, energetically grab it, pull it out as if I'm pulling out like a thorn out of my, you know, out of, out of the side of my leg or something, you know, I'm, I'm pulling it out like that. Um, that for me in working through the different layers and different aspects of what was going on, that was very effective um, and far less traumatic <laughs> than, than the wailing and beating on pillows. It was really you know, like, wow, that was fun and did burn some calories. <laughs> I have to say. Um, yeah. I just find that, 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 and then, you know, the, the energetic healing sessions that I've had that have actually shifted things in my body. Um, Cause I find that I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm not getting a complete release when I do that, that kind of process. Um, Cause I, I just don't feel, I don't feel a whole lot different. I'm like, okay, well that was fun. And I felt it. And I, you know, cause I've done lots of different things that way. But it's the permanency doesn't stick unless I actually address it energetically. Hmm. Weird. You're not weird. You, you. Uh, the uh, I found like for men, we're not allowed to be sad. So mm-hmm. we're when we're growing up, if we're sad or scared or anything, we we're told to bottle it up. Like, don't cry, don't don't be a bitch. Mm-hmm. So the only thing we can do is be angry. So right. that anger, that emotion comes up very easily for men is anger. Sounds usually mm-hmm. very easy for men, but the crying is the hardest thing. So when guys are very angry, um, what's actually going on is, is a layer below that is a lot of sadness and, um, and shame. And anger is something that makes you feel more powerful because feeling those things is, well, you don't feel very powerful. <laughs> right. Uh, women, on the other hand, um, they're not allowed to be angry. You know, don't don't cause a ruckus, don't cause conflict, don't create any waves, be a lady, and being angry is not being a lady. So right. often when women are feeling angry, they'll cry. So the exercise was uh, both an exercise for men to feel the anger and then go into that layer below. Mm-hmm. And then for women, it was also to feel that sadness and then also use that to be able to experience their anger. Anger. Uh, so mm-hmm. feel the full spectrum of her emotions. Um, and which is something that I hadn't truly done before. I, I'd, I'd cried watching Titanic, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but never truly, truly cried. And that's what that gave me the power to do. 
And yeah. so for me, that's, that's why it was so powerful. Yeah. And, and there's definitely like, I, I know lots of people who get a ton out of it. I'm just holding out for people that it's, there's, there's something different that's going to unlock it for everyone. Just like there's, a, there's no one way of eating for every single body. Um, the same thing for on the emotional releasing. It's, you know, that, that process. I mean, I did the whole, you know, feel the sadness and then dig down and feel the anger. And I seriously, like I was like in rage mode releasing the sessions. Um, you know, I actually broke apart the poor therapist pillows, <laughs> but it just, I don't know. It just didn't unlock it for me. Mm. And there's no right or wrong in that. I, I, like that's why there's no, so many. You're wrong, Dana. <laughs> You want to fight about it? <laughs> Come on, put them up. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just, you know, I always like to encourage people to realize that do what works for you, you know, because the other thing I see with some people that get into the emotion emoting um, is they kind of get stuck in that spiral and they're not fully releasing. They don't actually let it go. And I think that was a piece for me. I just, I, for whatever reason, it was like I could feel it, but then I wasn't letting it go. And so doing this energetic piece where it's disconnected from the emotion for me, disconnected but connected, um, got at it differently. Mm. That's the only thing I can think of. You know, and again, we're like going to the intellectual piece, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's trying to intellectualize what's going on in our bodies. It's yeah, because that's what happened for you, um, and so you're just, yeah, like trying to put words towards a feeling. Um, I, I had that loop sort of thing happening when I was intellectualizing things. Um, like remember how I said that I I did the whole pono pono when I had that visceral that like it was mm -hmm. I felt it in my body. I actually started getting into this loop, this spiral downwards of unless I found something like that unless I found something to fix, then something was wrong. So I started to feel bad about mm. myself if I wasn't feeling, finding something to fix, which was really weird. The, the addiction to fixing. The addiction to fixing myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's why I always, I love playing on the whole theme of you're not fucked up. Yes. Because, right, yes. so there's nothing to fix. There's, there's only a choice to change it. And then it, it breaks a lot of that loop for people where they're like, oh, I need to fix this. I need to fix this. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy making. So, oh my goodness. Okay. So I had promised to keep this in time so that you can get to your next interview. Um, so parting words of wisdom, what would you like to leave people with? Oh, just a little nugget, you know, just, just a little just, nugget of profundity. In, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, don't eat yellow snow, you know, little, little tips like that. Yes. That's an important one. That that's is an important, important one. one. Please yeah. don't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would, I would have to say, learn more about shadow work and, and uh, Jungian psychology. Mm. So if you can start learning about Carl Jung uh, and Jungian psychology, please do because it teaches us uh, how we can all, all of us, both men and women have the capacity to cause some serious harm and pain in one another. 
And unless we can learn how to integrate that dark side of ourselves, that's going to drive our behavior unconsciously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're just going to cause a lot of, a lot of pain. We're going to scream for compassion and for other people to look at us and treat us with care, but we're not going to be doing the same thing for them. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's I guess that's about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and I would, you know, leave people off with the idea that it's, it's about healing you first and foremost, if you're upset with other people to start to look within and shifting what's going on internally so that you can shift your interactions with other people. Um, so, and then I want you to give a shout out of where people can find you and connect with you because I think you're awesome. Oh, thanks, Dana. Uh, so currently my website is under construction. I'm relaunching the website. It's after about two years. It, it's time for, it's time for an update. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, I'm relaunching on February 1st. Uh, currently people can find me, uh, Ryan Thomas on Facebook, one of your friends, so they can find me through there. Uh, also at the intimate lifestyle and they can find the podcast and they can find uh, the intimate lifestyle on Facebook. Uh, the podcast used to be called modern sex talks and now I've changed it all to be the intimate lifestyle. So everything is under one brand right now. So, okay, cool. That's right. So, so my podcast that I did with you is still on the new title. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's still there. All right. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Like, just in case I needed to plug myself to get in there on another show. Right? <laughs> hey, maybe. Actually, that would be great. I'd love to have you come back on the show. Fabulous. Oh, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on and digging into this topic, because I think it's really important. And clearly, people were responding to both your post and my post today. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Inner Dominatrix. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tell your friends. And for more, join the Facebook group, Access Your Inner Dominatrix. Till next time, have fun.